Prophet Jeremiah chapter 9, and I want to read some familiar passages, I think, that uh, in previous years gone by we have taken a look at, but I want to speak for several Wednesdays, I'm not quite sure how long, but for several Wednesdays concerning the way of the Lord. And we'll be basing it off of this passage, and I'll be introducing it here uh, tonight. Jeremiah 9, verse 23, Thus says the Lord, Let not a wise man boast of his wisdom, and let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts, boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. Now these three verses, uh, two verses here, are probably the shortest sermon you've ever heard. In Jeremiah 9, verse 23, normally, not always, but when he introduces a new topic, he introduces it by saying, thus says who? Thus says the Lord. And then you got in verse 25, you got another one, behold the days are coming, declares the Lord. So here you have this little mini section here, Jeremiah 9, verses 23 and 24, and which is really just a little small snippet of a sermon, as it were, but this snippet is quoted at least three times in our New Testament, which makes that significant, doesn't it? And so when we're looking at how does God work in our lives, what are His ways, well, one of the ways that the Lord causes... now. He's not really the cause, but I'm wording it this way. But one of the ways of the Lord that causes great frustration among believers is our Lord's position against pride. Look at what it says. Don't let the wise man, what? Boast of his wisdom. Let not the mighty man, what? Boast of his might. Let not a rich man, what? Boast. Everybody see that. So, so here, here we have human pride that is evident that the Lord says, do not do. So the Lord Himself takes a position. He takes a stance in opposition to human pride. Now, I think most believers, if if all I did was make that statement, most believers would say, of course. But the problem is, is that most believers, including myself, do not understand how deeply entwined in our soul is human pride. It is deeply deeply entwined in our soul. 
And you'll see here, he says, it's not that boasting is wrong, but, verse 24, let him who boasts, boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, that exercises loving kindness, justice, righteousness on earth, for I delight in those things. And this is why Paul shortens this up in the book of Corinthians when he says, referring to Jeremiah 9, verse 24, he just says, let him who boasts, boast in the, in the Lord. Everybody see that? So what we have, and this causes frustration because the Lord's stance is against human pride. And because his stance is against human pride, things happen in our lives as believing people that we don't really understand what the Lord is doing. And it can bring us frustration in our walk before the Lord. And if we're frustrated, then that becomes an opportunity for the evil one to take advantage of us. Now, the evidence of human pride is manifested in human speech. You see that in verse 23? Let not a wise man boast of his wisdom. How's he doing that? He's doing it with his mouth. He's doing it with his speech. He's doing it with his tongue. Let not a mighty man boast of his might. How's he doing it? He's doing it with his mouth, his speech. Let not a rich man boast of his riches. How's he doing that? Well, he's doing it with his speech, isn't he? And folks, that doesn't surprise us either because the New Testament tells us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? The mouth speaks. And so that's the first organ, and James says that that organ of speech is actually the rudder of a ship. So your speech, your tongue, is the rudder that ends up directing your steps. And that's why, I thank the Lord for this, that if you learn to be a good listener, you can hear what people are saying and the direction in which they're going, even if they don't at that moment know which way they're going. You hear it by their what? By their speech, by what they say. So one of the ways, the ways of the Lord, one of those ways that gives us great frustration is the Lord's position against human pride. He is actively opposed to it. Secondly, the evidence of that human pride is manifested in our speech. And folks, here is probably the most dangerous thing and the most deceitful thing about this in our lives. And that is this. Our sinful nature. Do believers have a sinful nature in their flesh? It does. Our sinful nature will take the good things of the Lord and use it for evil. Now think about that. Your sinful nature will take the what of the Lord? The good things of the Lord and use those good things 
to lead you into evil. Now let's take our Bibles and look at that. Turn over to the book of Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. And brethren, what I just said to you is a law. It always operates this way. Your sinful nature takes the good things of God and can use God's good things as a springboard for evil. Now, as we're turning to Romans 7, you and I ought to agree immediately with that, even without any argumentation. Why is that? Well, folks, how did Lucifer cause Adam and Eve to fall in the garden? Did Lucifer have the power to cause man to die? No. Who had the power? Who gave the commandment? God gave the commandment, don't eat of this tree. You eat of this tree, you shall surely die. God gave the commandment, so is it a good commandment? It is a good commandment. But what did Lucifer do? He took the good commandment to slay our early parents. Everybody see that? That's the only way he could cause the human race to fall. Is by taking that commandment, which was for man's good, and twist that commandment, and cause them to doubt that commandment so that they would disobey it, so that death would fall on all humanity. And that's why Jesus calls him the first murderer. He was a murderer from the what? From the beginning. Everybody see that? He's taking the good things of God, using it as a springboard for evil. And so in Romans chapter 7, you'll see in verse 21 that Paul calls this, it's translated principle here in verse 21 in the New American Standard, but it's the word for law. If you look in the margin of your Bibles, it'll say that. Paul says, I find then a law that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. The King James words it this way. When I will to do good, I'm I'm wanting to do good. What else is right there? Evil is present at the same time. This is a law. A law is never, ever gone around. This is the way your sin nature works. It takes the good things of God. Is the law good? The law is good. The law is holy. It takes the good things of God and uses it in our lives as a springboard for evil. And you'll see that in Romans 7. Look at verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? The answer is, no, it's not. May it never be. On the contrary, I would have not come to know sin except through the law. For I would have not known about coveting if the law had not said, you shall not covet. Do you hear what he's saying there? I would have not known what coveting is unless... God gave a good law, you shall not covet. 
Now when he wills not to covet, because God said you shall not covet, what's present? Sin, evil is present at the same time, who says, yes you are. You're going to break that law. And it says, verse 8, sin taking opportunity. Everybody see that word? Sin taking opportunity through what? The commandment. Sin taking opportunity through the commandment. And folks, that's why I'm saying that our sinful nature takes the good things of God and uses it as a springboard for evil. Would you call that deceitful? That is very, very deceitful. So brethren, when we combine the things that I've already said to you, and we take all those thoughts and we pack them together, we come, as we go back to Jeremiah chapter 9, we come to, I'm going to say, a hidden conclusion. I'm calling it hidden because most believers don't see this. That's why I'm saying it's hidden. It's not hidden, it's right here in the Word of God. And that is this. Does God say not to boast? Yes or no? He says don't boast. Does our sinful nature want to use that as a springboard for evil? It does. And folks, what we don't realize is this. Human success and prosperity brings even the most mature believer into great danger. Now I'm going to prove it here in just a second. Human success and prosperity can bring even the most mature believer into great danger. What would human success look like? Well, look at verse 23. Would you call, now we're speaking worldly, would you call the gaining of worldly wisdom a great success according to the world? Yes. The world looks for people like that, right? Would you call strength and might, would you call that a success? Would you call wealth? Does the world call wealth a success? Okay, so you take, you take wisdom, might, riches. You're talking about things that humanity, fallen humanity, calls success and prosperity. Why do I say it's a great danger? Well, <clears throat> quickly. Who was the strongest man in your Old Testament? Did he fall? Because his attitude about his might 
was one of pride. He toyed with it, didn't he, with Delilah? He just thought, I'll rouse myself up like every other time. Do you hear that? Don't let the mighty man boast of his might. And folks, when I say even the most mature believer falls into great danger, I'm referring to the greatest Christian in our New Testament. And that is the Apostle Paul. Why do I call him the greatest Christian? Because he's the only one in my New Testament that the Holy Spirit tells me to follow. Didn't Paul say, follow me as I follow Christ? He did say it, and he just didn't say it once. He said it many times. And remember, these words are breathed out by who? God. This is Christ speaking through the apostle, saying that if you want to look at a fallen example of God's grace working in a believer, look at this man. And folks, this man was tempted by pride. And take your Bibles, I want to show it to you. Go over to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Second Corinthians chapter 12, <clears throat> I want you to look at verse 7. And I'm going to emphasize parts of this. Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations. Everybody see that? Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation. For this reason... To keep me from what? Do you read that in your Bible? To keep Paul from exalting himself. A messenger, there was given to me as a gift from the Lord, a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to what? Torment him. Why? To keep me from exalting myself. Does everybody see that? Here's the greatest Christian in our New Testament. The only one sanctioned by God. Christ speaking through the Apostle who says, follow me. Would you call Paul a Christian success? Would you say that it was good that God gave him those revelations? That Christ appeared to him? That Christ spoke through him? Would you say that was good? 
Would you say that was a gift from God to do that? He doesn't do that today. He doesn't appear to people. He doesn't sit down. I imagine perhaps that Paul spoke to the Lord like Moses spoke to the Lord, face to face. Conversation. Personally discipled by the risen Lord Himself. All that was good. And all that was holy. But folks, Paul has something in his flesh like you and I have something in our flesh. And when all those revelations were happening, what else was present with Paul? Sin. Everybody following me here? He is successful. He's prosperous. Not just humanly. Humanly, he's not. But in the Christian life, is he? Yes. And that man had something inside of him that would cause him pride. And remember how we started off. What is God's stance against human pride? He's against it. He stands face to face in opposition against it. Everybody follow me. I'm building a case here. What did God do so that Paul would not boast humanly speaking? He gave him something. And there's debate about what that something is. But what we do know is this. It was an embarrassment to him. It was a torment to him. Do you hear the word torment? This isn't like the light turned red and you wanted it to be green. This is a torment. Why would God do that? Folks, if you were in Paul's position as you are right now and God gave you a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment you, do you think that might cause you some frustration about how the way of the Lord is? I know the answer to that is yes because I've been pastoring a long time and that's exactly what people tell me. And I'm going to let you in. That's what I've told the Lord too. (laughs) I don't understand why fill in the blank. This is happening. Well, it could be So that you would not what? You would not boast. You would not exalt yourself. And folks, what we learn by this is that even a believer's spiritual growth can and will become a platform for evil in that person's life. Now you would think if you were spiritually growing, you would have less problems. 
You might have more. Your spiritual growth <clears throat> might become an occasion, an opportunity for evil to work in your life unless our gracious and good Lord takes righteous measures appropriate for us to keep us from pride and human boasting. That's amazing when you think about it. Because <clears throat> remember I told you, pride intertwines itself in our lives. And we boast about things that we don't even think we're bragging about, but God knows we are. I'm going to end up here in Ephesians, if you want to turn there. But let's just think about just a few things. Folks, do you think there would be any temptation with accumulated education in someone's life to become prideful? Yes or no? And that's even true in a Christian school. That's even true in seminary. We all have that sinful nature, right? It can happen in a pastor's life where he just gets so frustrated with the people of God because he knows all these things that he can exalt himself in his own eyes over God's own people. And folks, if there's a pastor listening to this, I just want to tell you, God did not give you all that knowledge of Himself so that you can exalt yourself. He gave you the knowledge so that you can be a help to the people of God. And to do that, you're going to have to humble yourself. Paul said so. He said to the Corinthians, if I come, I don't want to hear this and this and this because I'll have to humble myself among you. Would you think that having an influential position in the world might be a temptation for human pride? Yes or no? Do you think being successful in life might be an opportunity for human pride? Do you think an exalted status in your eyes could be an occasion for human pride? Do you think having a good family could become an occasion for human pride? Yes or no? Yes. And I can just go on and on and on and on and on. We saw that spiritual maturity can become an opportunity for spiritual pride. Accomplishments of life can become opportunities for exalting oneself. The gifts of God can become opportunities for pride. Think of the Corinthians. They were exalting people who spoke in tongues, human languages. Look at them. They're spiritual. You're not. You've got to speak in human languages also that you don't know. Folks, do you think a lady could become prideful because of her beauty? Yes or no? Lucifer did. 
And folks, you and I could take a piece of paper, and you might want to do this. We could take a piece of paper before we go to bed and jot down 1 through 10 and ask the Lord, Lord, give me my number one areas that I struggle this is and just start writing them down. You may not get 10, you may not get 5, but I guarantee you you can get at least 3. And folks, as we think about this, and as I conclude, we're here in Ephesians. As we think more deeply about this, it really gives us insight into why humanity cannot be saved by human works. Think about that. Look in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves. In other words, it's not something inherent in you. It is the what of God. It's the gifts of God. Verse 9. Not as a result of works. Why? So that no one can boast. Everybody see that? If we could be saved by human works, do you know what we would do with that? We would do exactly what every other human being since the fall of Adam has done. We would boast. If you ask someone, are you saved? Yes, I've been through the baptismal waters. What are they boasting? They did that ritual. So therefore they are saved. Everybody hear that? They're boasting when they say that. God has designed our salvation, brethren, so that we will not boast. Not just in your justification. I mean, not boast. How can I say that? Well, in Ephesians 1, In verse 6, God has done all these things to the praise of the glory of His grace. Everybody see that? In other words, folks, here's what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. He's taking us from a lost human being who believes that they can be good and that they can have favor before God. It may be through religion, it may be through ritual, it may be through whatever good works they think they're doing, or they're not as bad as other people. God says, no. You're not saved by human works. And so one day they come under conviction of exactly how bad they are. And they are just crestfallen. And I've done this. I've given to people the Ten Commandments 
And I'm thinking of one person. I asked this person, I said, do you know what the Ten Commandments are? And they said, yes. I said, how many of them have you done? He said, all ten. I mean, with a straight face. I said, well, let's just go through them. So I went through the first one. I said, how you doing? He said, I hadn't done that one. I explained the second one. I said, how you doing? He said, I hadn't done that one either. Folks, by the time I got to the fourth and fifth one, you could actually cut the atmosphere (laughs) of how depressed they were getting. We went through all ten of those, and at the end of the ten, I said, at the tenth one, I said, what about this one? He said, I hadn't done that either. He said, it's impossible. I said, right. (laughs) I said, God has to save you. (laughs) Now, thankfully, they did come to a profession of faith eventually. To the praise of the glory of His grace. All right. So there you are. You're lost. Everything's about me. Everything's selfish. My works, what I do. I'm getting ahead. Here we are. Now I'm justified. Saved by grace. Now here's what happens. We start growing. And what God wants you to do, wants us to be, is to take you from a position where you really believe, by grace I'm saved through faith, that not of myself, it is a gift of God. Two, there's nothing in my life except what God's grace does in my life. So at the end of the day, you say, it's all from justification, sanctification, glorification, it's all to the praise of the glory of His grace. Just like Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Now, in order for me to get to that place, where it's all to the praise of the glory of His grace from the time that, well, I'm justified, not of works, lest I boast, there's going to be growth and maturity in that. And folks, he says it again in verse 12 that we would be to the praise of His glory. He says it again in verse 14 that we would be to the praise of His glory. In other words, is there going to be any human boasting in heaven? None. Well, He's preparing you for that. And folks, the way of the Lord and how He works in our life is that He will do things in our life that we really don't understand. But He understands. And just like 2 Corinthians 1 says, (laughs) While God's working in you to believe that God has the ability to raise me from the dead, while He's increasing that faith in you, He's also destroying something in you. That is our pride. And if I could just be forthright, it hurts when God does that. It hurts. It's a pain. It's like a stake. 
going through your heart. But you know what I've found through the years? I've found that the stake that went through my heart turned into the flower of His grace. And I can actually look back and say, thank God for that. That's the way of the Lord in our life. May God give us that grace to walk therein.